Master Tavern Keepers, History of the Old World. Well, go on then. What happened between this Harold Redson and Engler Brackvin, these two uh, cracked pot priests of Manon? Were there fireworks? Ah, well, more like a change of the tide. Engler told it like this. Noon, that first night on the beach went on forever. My fellow rescued shipmates drank deep and then, one by one, drifted off to sleep. But a little further away from the beach fire, Harold and I became engaged in an expansive conversation upon the doctrines, meanings, and truths of Manon. He was very well informed, but his was a raw faith, based on experience and meditation. Indeed, a phrase he oft said was this. Ah, as everyone knows, meditation and water are wedded together. This way of thinking was in opposition to my own book-learnt approach and my predilection to hearken to the thoughts and follow in the footsteps of my forebears in the cult. He called me his salt-water knot, and said he took it upon himself to unpick me and free my mind. Oh, how I scoffed. Foolish to think of that now, though. Eventually, the sides of the furrow of our repartee grew too steep for us to dig any deeper, and thus we too succumbed to sleep. But the next day we were again drawn to each other, like moths to a flame, and continued our tidal discourse as we began our march to the nearest major settlement, the seat of power of the Margrave of the North, the fortress of Schoenfeld, in the northeast of Osland, the home of Margrave Roland Krohn and his wife, Margravine Emilia. It took us five days of trekking, and during this time Harold challenged my faith. I found myself opening up to him all of the secrets I had hidden. My role in the death of my university tutor and the deliberate use of my womanly charms to climb up through the ranks of the cult. I told him it all, and he listened without judgment. Regret. Regret and grief gripped me, but in the very act of acknowledgement I forgave myself, and in so doing, I felt myself emptying, the baggage of my early adult years dropping off the sides of the ship to be swallowed up by the ocean, forgiven and then forgotten by Manan. In the evenings we would find water, streams, pools, rivers and springs, and he taught me to quieten my mind. 
I swam in the seas of my soul and found form in the formlessness. I sought out and saved the lost little passionate and caring girl within me, the one who had grown up on the River Reich and loved life as much as she loved others. I was reborn. Noon, our conversation was not all in one direction, though. As I opened up to him, so did he open up to me. And in his core, below his calm and collected exterior, I found anger. This all stemmed from his history. The line of Harold Redson descended from the Frickings, rivals of the Ropsman and the Erskoy, before uh, Sigmar Heldenhammer all but destroyed the tribe for refusing to join the Empire. Harold's ancestors had fled, sailing the Sea of Claws before eventually settling on the southern coast of Norska. Here they lived independently until the village was subjugated by the warlords of High King Ormgard. The young men were turned into thralls in the fleets of the High King, and forced to be part of the horde that sacked Marienburg in 1109. Ach, the sacking of Marienburg? I've not heard of that. Ah, a nasty affair. But not the only time the city has been put under the boot of Norsken invaders. It's been going on, um, well, regularly since the 7th century. This particular attack occurred during the reign of the self-absorbed emperor, Boris Goldgather. It was initially unsuccessful, though, with High King Ormgard being defeated by the stalwart fighters of Marienburg. The High King was beheaded and his fleets routed and driven off. However, his two sons, Snagel Halfnose and Snorri Halfhand, escaped the purge and landed on Westerland with a large army of warriors dedicated to the Dark Gods. These rampaged across the lands and besieged the city of Marienburg once more, eventually taking it and putting the temple district to the torch in honour of their Dark Pantheon. The brothers then proclaimed themselves Jarls of Vestland and ruled for two bloody years. However, the Norskans were driven off from the city in 1111 by the Black Plague, which brought Marienburg to its knees. Oh, yeah, if only such a sliver of fortune would be bestowed upon us here in Tobaro. Ah, actually, a plague has already come. Did you not wonder why everyone has been covering their mouths and noses with scarves? But, uh, well, this plague is no saviour, for it is one that has been brought by the Ratmen themselves. Our hope lies elsewhere, I'm afraid. Anyway, let's get back to Engler and not dwell on such dark 
tidings. When the Norskans left the city in 1111, Harold's ancestors were left behind, and there they stayed. Noon, a stigma and a prejudice clung to them down through the years, and though the family fell into the arms of the cult of Manon, as they were men and women of the sea, born and bred, they were never truly accepted by the wider community. Eventually, Harold's father decided to leave Marienburg and start anew in Nordland, where their history would not be looked down upon. Oh, yeah, this is true. In Nordland, there are many with Norsken roots. But uh, we know that each man and woman is more than the blood in our veins. We are men and women of the Empire and can choose our paths without having to uh, simply follow in the footsteps of our ancestors. Ock, well, if that's the case, I have a question for you. Have you encountered prejudice outside of your home province? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, I find that a bit of a uh, vac with the hilt of my sword, or even a uh, bit of fisticuffs, soon puts a stop to that. Ah, but I'm not sure that um, that approach does anything to diminish the perception that the people of Nordland are but one step away from barbarity. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is true, but it does remind the ignorant to keep their stupid traps shut. Ah, 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 ah. Ah, well, actually, that reminds me of something Angler said Redson oft used to say. Ignorance is the parent of fear. Anyway, let's continue, eh? Noon, Harold and his family could not escape their fate, and as their boat travelled along the Sea of Claws, they were set upon by pirates, scions of Stromfels no less, under the cover of a fierce storm. Grappling hooks were hurled from the pirate ship, and the Redson boat was dragged unto its doom. They were boarded. Harold's mother and sisters were brutally ravaged and then strangled. His father was tortured and strung up, and Harold himself tossed overboard to be eaten by Stromfell's kitties, the grey barbed sharks of the Sea of Claws. But it was Manan that saved him. A pod of dolphins came to his rescue and took him to shore. He survived and swore himself to Manan, vowing vengeance upon the followers of Stromfels. And vengeance he got many times over. Oh. My goodness, what a tragic tale. Ah, well, indeed. But on the other side of the coin, more often than not, it is the tragedies of our life 
that make us into the person we are truly meant to be. Life without pain, discomfort and suffering leads to softness and selfishness. And no good can come of such. Fear not hardship. Fear rather the mundanity of a life lived cowering. Now anyway, it was this tragedy that made Harold Redson into a legend. Oh, yeah, it, what do you mean, Master Tavernkeeper? Ah, well, for a start, not only did I hear of Harold from Engler. When I worked on the Sea of Claws as a whaler, many were the stories told of Harold Redson by my shipmates. For there were many times that ships hit the rocks off the coast of Osland, and the crews were rescued by Redson himself. I also recall an old Norsecan sailor telling me how his brother, a raider no less, had beached their longship on the coast of Osland in search of easy plunder, only to find themselves attacked by Redson, stripped to his waist, leading a mob of angry fishermen. The man claimed his brother was lucky to have escaped with his life. And, of course, there's the famous story that tells of the time Redson strangled a shark with his bare arms and tossed the carcass at a coastal lord who had apparently been in league with Stromfell's worshipping wreckers before uh, going on to strangle the lord as well. There are many more, but uh, let's finish off things with what Engler had to say. Eventually, we reached the fortress of Schoenfeld, but in those five days, I had lived a lifetime and was a changed woman, unchained from the lies that had bound me. But it was here that we parted ways. Harold was committed to proselytizing on the coastline of Osland and the lands of the Gospodars, and I had to get my crew back to Marienburg. Before we parted, we kissed. Our first and last kiss, right there in front of the gates of the fortress. He left me with these words. Uh, there is one knows not what sweet mystery about thee whose gently awful stirlings seem to speak of a great hidden soul beneath. Noon, and with this he went to the north, and we entered the fortress to throw ourselves on the benevolence of Magravine Emila. Uh, thankfully, she was most accommodating. Oh, yeah, is, uh, is, is that it? Is there no happy ever after? No, there oft is not in life. But uh, Engler was indeed a changed woman after her experiences. Renewed and empowered. A pawn of the cult of manor no more. She got her crew back to Marienburg. Next, she secured herself an influential position on the important ship, the Flying Hellfish, and travelled the Great Ocean before returning to the Old World to take control of the Old Temple in Altdorf, and then, a number of years later, rising to become the leader of the entire cult. When I met Engler as a youth with my mother, 
I found her charming, extremely knowledgeable, but also touched with a, a depth, a longing. I dare say I was very much impressed and inspired by her. Under her rule, the cult has grown in strength and her canny mind has increased their coffers no end. That said, her rule has not been universally lauded. Indeed, it's caused a bit of a divide between the High Temple in Marienburg and the wider cult. Under Engler's Aegis, as with her predecessors it has to be said, the cult in Marienburg itself has further inveigled itself into mercantile affairs. So much so that many of her critics claim it is no better than a trading guild. A lot of the resentment and jealousy no doubt stems from the unequal division of wealth between the Order of the Albatross and the rest of the cult, but that said, it's not something that Engler's really addressed, not in any uh, meaningful way. Oh, yeah, I see. But uh, then, what about this Harald Redison? Ah, well, from what I've heard, he still strides along the coasts of Ostland and Kislev. A firebrand, telling fiery tales of Manon, and issuing dire predictions to any and all who will listen. There have been rumours of his capture by wreckers, of his death, of his escape, and of miracles that he has performed. But, uh... Who knows what's true and what's not. What I do know is this. Engler still makes regular trips up to the north there, searching for him. But never once have their paths crossed again. I cannot say if this is for the best or not, though. For sometimes, the safest place for those we love is in our memories. Where the predations of a cruel world can never harm them.